Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And Ish. You already know what to do. If you are on Facebook, please make sure you like and share this broadcast so, you know, more folks can go ahead and check us out. If you are, like I said, on our Facebook page, please make sure you go ahead and like, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead and like the Facebook page as well on there. And if you are on the YouTube page, please make sure you hit the subscribe button and also hit the notification bell for shows like this one in the future. Ding! Thank you, Ish. And as well, if you are on Twitter, please make sure you go ahead and follow us on Twitter, X Talking Ish. I went ahead and retweeted everything on my personal page, X underscore Williams 81. I know why y'all are here, of course. Y'all are here to check out NFL Week 17 recap with us, your favorite, your favorite sports personalities out here on the, in the interweb, X Talking Ish, with your boy X and, of course, your boy Ish. And... As always, we, we usually recap here on, on Tuesday. We, we go back and recap the games. And I talked to my boy Ish before the before the show started. And I, besides us talking about the games, I feel like we need to have some conversations. I, need to, I think we need to have conversations. We have one more regular season week yet, and that will be next week. And before the show is over with, of course, we will hype up that week tremendously because – Everybody else will be hyping it up because it will be the first week ever 18 and first time ever we'll have 17 games in the NFL season. All of the games will be divisional games. Some of the games will be more important than others, but they made the schedule this way on purpose so there can be more parity at the end of the season to make sure teams are not sitting players, to make sure that teams are actually caring or also are also as well when you have these tight these tight um wins and losses among the upper extra line of playoffs seating it also matters as well uh going into the playoffs so we have a lot to talk about a lot of great games over this sunday slate some duds but for the most part joined us on sunday for the pregame show we talked about the week 17 being a take care of your business type of week for the most part most teams did that um, uh, had you know onesies and twosies that that kind of slipped away. But some maybe thought the Giants would, you know, uh, get that win against the Bears. People maybe thought Washington football team would probably beat the Eagles the way they, especially the way they started out that game. But for the most part, everybody took care of business. We'll we'll, we'll definitely get into, of course, the Chiefs and the Bengals game, um, Raiders and Colts. Again, that's another game where a lot of people maybe sent, felt like that would have gone the other way. But ish. Overall, week seventeen. What was your take of it? Um, overall, from week seventeen, um, I don't know. My take was kind of uh, mostly what I expected to happen happened. Um, there weren't very many surprises for me. At this point, I'm just ready to get to the playoffs. Uh, I think we're 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 pretty much there. We have only a couple spots left uh, to figure out. Um, but for the most part, I'm just ready to get to the playoffs. I'm ready for some of these teams to finally get in the situation of win or go home. Let's see who responds. Let's see who's able to uh, make it happen. 
Um, I'm I'm interested to see what happens in Week 18, but I I feared that there are still going to be plenty of teams that are going to rest some people. Um, I know that they're all divisional games, so the um, the feeling is that they teams shouldn't be resting players. But honestly, I wouldn't mind if the Chiefs rest players in Week 18. Uh, you probably won't get the buy now after losing to Cincinnati, so uh, why not just go ahead and rest some players? You you won the division already, and go on. I mean, now I have a I have a question for you. Again, we're we're having a conversation. You said rest players. Now, do you make that decision after the Titans game, or do you make that decision no the matter Chiefs what happens to Titans game? No, the Chiefs play at three thirty. The Titans play at twelve o'clock. I thought the Chiefs play on Saturday in the Titans. Oh, my apologies. You're correct. My apologies. My bad. That's yep. what happens. Old age, man. My my bad. Old age. Yes, you're correct. They do play on Saturday at 3.30. My apologies. So, yes, I it is a good question when it comes to the Chiefs. What do you do? Um, okay, so throwing it back to you, though, Ish, you might not even have to use your starters to win this game, but it's, let's just say you do win this game, right? And the Titans lose this game uh, up to uh, against the Texans. You feel like the Texans maybe could sweep the Titans. I, I know you like to poke fun at that. But if that does happen, then I'm pretty sure y'all okay with getting that bike, correct? Yeah, I mean, I think that any team who's uh, able to secure the bye, they're going to be, you know, happy to have the bye. I think the Titans really need the bye. Um, you know, bringing back King Henry and, you know, some of the other players that have been banged up for them, it'd be really good for them to get the bye. I think for the Chiefs, yeah, it'd be nice to have the bye, but at the same time, I don't think that they're – uh, desperate for it. I think that they are in a good situation as is. Like I said, uh, they could potentially... The only reason why I would see them wanting to win this game and actually still play all their starters is Cincinnati is a game behind. Buffalo and New England, they're sitting a game behind. If you drop this game, you lost to Buffalo earlier in the season. You lost to Cincinnati earlier in the season. Uh, that automatically drops you down to the fourth seed. Um, and sitting at the fourth seed, things could get a little bit tricky depending on what matchups are like. So that's the only reason why I could see them playing their starters um, for this game. But again, I think at this point, going into the playoffs, you're gonna have to be you're gonna have to be a good team every week in the playoffs, right? You're gonna have to be a good team to get to the playoff, uh, get to the Super Bowl. So it shouldn't matter. Just go take care of business. Definitely agree with you, especially on that last statement. Um, I mean, there's this past week, week 17, and also week 18, there are some crucial games for certain teams that are going to have to play playoff teams to even get in. I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins. They had to play against Tennessee Titans week 17. They had to play against the week uh, the New England Patriots in week 18 just to be able to get into the playoffs. And, of course, they did not do that week 17 against the Tennessee Titans. But like what Ish is saying, week 17, week 18, I mean, majority of some of these games are going to be against some pretty good teams going into the playoffs to where these are some of these games are warm-up games because – Almost every week now, it seems like a playoff type of game, right? Is so when the, when these when the playoffs come because they're coming in about two weeks from now. It's like you said, it's just winner go home, and some of these mistakes that some. I mean, let's just be real. This has been a wacky season where players have looked amazing 
And then players have looked like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm talking about guys like Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, uh, uh, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, I'm just talking about quarterbacks by, by just that position by itself. But we've had guys just go up and down in this carousel, unless your name is Aaron Rodgers or uh, Tom Brady. But for the most part, everybody's been going up and down this roller coaster and still trying to <laughs> keep it balanced to where going into the playoffs, let's just say – Ryan Tannehill or Patrick, or Patrick Mahomes has a three turnover type of game, it's going to be a little bit harder to be able to come back from a game when you are turning the ball over three times or if you lose a turnover battle in general. So, Ish, my question to you, and bef- and after I ask you this question, we'll go into the comments right quick, but my question to you, the Chiefs before this game against the Bengals, defense-wise was playing lights out giving up probably, I'm assuming, about 14 to 16 points over the last five games. And with that going on, they had a lot of, let's be real, they went into that game with a lot of confidence. And they wanted, I'm assuming, they wanted to show Joe Burrow, hey, we're still we're still the big dog on the block. And ish, that defense got shredded. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it's going to happen moving forward, but... That's something that we're gonna have to definitely take a, a, a look at because previously of these of the game before the Bengals, I mean they've looked out of sight and against good teams as well too. But man, did the Bengals definitely bring the defense a little bit down to earth, ish? Um, I mean the the Bengals performed well. Joe Burrow had a really good game. Um, they were able to throw the ball. Uh, normally the run game is the the part of the the defense that you're looking at them and you're saying like, okay, if there's a place that Kansas City defense really needs to improve, it's against the run. Um, but uh, unfortunately against the Bengals, they, uh, Justin Jefferson, Joe Burrow were able to torch them through the air. Uh, you know, it's one game, uh, like I've been saying for a long time since the Chiefs started poorly, it's one game at a time, you know, take it. It's next game. Let's uh, step up, do what we need to do. Focus on the opponent um, that we have in front of us, beat them, and then move on and go from there. Like I said, one game at a time. Uh, I don't think that there's any revelations. I think if any team is looking at the performance from, that the Bengals had against the Chiefs and they're they're licking their lips and saying like, oh, yeah, we're going to go in, we're going to do the exact same thing, uh, then they're falling into the trap of what's going to get them beat. I think that all the teams that are going to be able to make the playoffs on the AFC side Uh, they've all proven throughout the year that they are capable of having games like the Bengals had against the Chiefs. I think that they all, um, on their day, could have that game no matter who they're playing. Uh, I think the Chiefs are capable of that, that, not to mention the Chiefs kind of got – screwed out of that game with some questionable calls at the end of the game um, there. That, so a little bit of controversy there on whether or not the, it should have ended the way it ended. That's not to be said here uh, right now, but I'm just saying that, you know, no matter who's in the playoffs um, on the AFC side, they're all capable of doing the exact same thing to anybody out there. So uh, all of them are going to have to be on their game and it, it's a different, it's a different atmosphere once you get there. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Bengals for doing that. Hopefully, you are able to continue doing that in the playoffs, um, and it doesn't turn into another situation um, like the last time when the Bengals made it to the playoffs, and there were a lot of uh, high expectations. And Carson Palmer gets injured. The team looks like a shell of itself, and then 
the rest is history. Not to pile on and not to be the dead horse, but I will say when it comes to that Chiefs and Bengals game, I'm not saying that there shouldn't have been a call or a flagger and whatnot on that last play or should have been a call. All I'm saying is that for a Chiefs team that put up 28 points in the first half and only put up three points in the second half, you really can't say it was just one play. You had two quarters to put up more points. You only put up three. That's I'm going to leave it at that. But overall, I will say run it back. And if you ran it in Kansas City, it might be a completely different game. So it would be interesting, like you said, Ish, where Kansas – it depends on where Kansas City falls. If they if they stay at two or maybe they lose, go back go down to four. Maybe they play the Patriots in the first round. Uh, and then after that, the second round, depending on the matchup seating-wise, maybe they can play the Bengals again. But I, I honestly think, and I'm going to go to this comment from Lee because we're both pretty much on the same page. He says, Lee uh, Lee says, honestly, two through seven in AFC, all the same. Chargers about to be the seventh seed. They should rest a little bit. Maybe their starters first half to get that second seed and get that two seed and two home games in the playoffs. Well, it, I mean, it, it all depends on what happens yeah, I mean, with with the Chargers, right? I mean, because they could be the seventh seed, but what happens if they, you know, what happens if something crazy happens to the Raiders? What happens if they tie with the Raiders? You know, we're not nothing is set in stone just yet. Um, and and also, I'm I'm assuming he's talking about as well if the Chiefs were to lose the divisions to the Chargers, which I hope not. As in, if y'all were to lose and then the Chargers were to win, ish, they can't lose the division. That's what I thought. Yeah, so I'm trying yeah, to figure out. They can't lose the division, but um, he's. I think he believes that the Chargers. What he's saying is the Chargers going to beat the Raiders. Um, yeah, be seven so, seed, and they should wrestle. You know, they'll be the seventh seed at that point. And that two um, seed and two home games. So, could be a, a third game between Chargers and the Chiefs uh, if the Chiefs were able to secure the second seed. Um, and you know, it's still, it is, there is still the possibility that the Chiefs could be the number one seed. Chiefs win this game, Titans lose their game. Yeah, you're in first. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're the first seed. So, I mean, like you said, there's still a lot of possibilities to go. And with the season being the way that it has been, nothing is out of, you know, nothing is out of the realm of possibility right now. Um, but I will say, uh, I agree with Lee, you know, maybe starters play first half, wrestling rest the second half and you know whatever happens happens at this point you know you're in the playoffs you know you're gonna play a good team either way would you like to play at home of course you'd like to play at home but at the end of the day if you end up having to go i mean let's be honest the super bowl is not at home so but let's be honest though it's nice to have home cooking to get to the super bowl though it's, it's right. easy it's easy to shrug it off ish when ken c has had it for the last two years I'm just saying it's easy to shrug it off, but but it's, it's it helps. Now, I mean, to, for tennis and me as a Tennessee Titan fan, for us to have the number one seed, which hasn't happened in, in a decade plus, even if we lose the first round, which is not going to happen, I'm just saying that it's something that's especially for a team that hasn't had a number one seed in a long time. It is something to hang your hat on to say, dang, at least. For the first time in a long time, we don't have to go on the road to be the underdog, to to have to battle not just the team, but also maybe even the referees, depending on where you're playing at. And to be able to have a, a home-cooked meal, to be able to get a massage the, the, the night before, to be able to just relax and play at your own stadium because 
when Tom, when Patriots and Tom Brady, when they when they were do it, when they were able to do it, those twenty years, it helped them win six Super Bowls. Peyton Manning, when he gets his home home field advantage, it was able to help him win at least you know two Super Bowls, either with the Colts or either with the Broncos. So what I'm stating is that yes, you are correct. When it's playoff time, it don't matter where you play. Strap them up, let's go. But it definitely does help to have a little home cooking. That's all I'm saying is. That's all I'm saying. All right. I did say, of course, we were going to talk, but we also are going to talk a little bit about the games. And, of course, the wackiest game that everybody saw, no matter who you are, if you're a casual football fan or fanatic, uh, the Buccaneers and the New York Jets game had a little bit more headways besides just Tom Brady's uh, comeback saving win, as always, what he does when in the fourth quarter against the bum-ass New York Jets. But, of course, Antonio Brown makes headways again for the wrong reasons. Long story short, if you haven't seen the video by now, I'm pretty sure you should go check it out on social media. Again, if you haven't seen it by now, he was upset with Bruce Arians with either getting into the game or not getting in. There's still more news trying to come out on that on who was supposed to come in or, or Bruce Arians really to come in. Antonio Brown was saying he was too hurt to come in. That's why he wasn't trying to go in. There are people saying that Bruce Aarons didn't want him to go in. I'm sorry. There are people saying that the offense wasn't allowing him to get his catches so he can reach his incentives for this upcoming season. But like everybody else would say as well, they still had another game to play to be able to maybe get those incentives. So Antonio Brown decides to exit the field while by taking off his shoulder pads, taking off his Under Armour shirt, throwing into the stands, doing jumping jacks, and also uh, waving to the crowd while he makes his exit outside of MetLife Stadium. So, ish, with that being said, we're not even going to talk about the mental stuff. We're not even going to talk about what he, what could be going on inside of his head. Let's just stick with football. And let's stick with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and First thing first, besides this being a distraction, because it is just a little bit, Antonio Brown still has not been technically um, cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so he is still a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The The biggest question I have is for you, Ish, is will the Tampa Bay Bucks find some type of middle ground with Antonio Brown that will allow him to come back to finish off this season to make a to still make a Super Bowl run ish. I mean it's possible. Um I'm sure there are some discussions going on behind the scenes between the team and the NFL, also between the team and the player or his representatives, um most likely his representatives. Uh but there's a possibility. I mean, the fact that they didn't cut him uh, immediately afterward, even though Bruce Arians came out and said that he was no longer a Buccaneer, uh, it, it leads me to believe that there's some sort of discussion going on, or maybe they fear some sort of uh, some sort of retribution if they do uh, terminate him, depending on you know what grievance he may file with the Players Association, so on and so forth. So I think that uh, there's still something to figure out here uh, with the team uh, behind the scenes that we don't have the knowledge of. But 
I think it's possible he could come back. I, it looks like there were players on the team on the sideline that were trying to, you know, cool things down, trying to talk to him. I'm assuming that those players are still reaching out to him, you know, trying to talk to him, trying to, um, you know, see if he can work something out with the organization. So I'm sure, and let's not forget, Tom Brady was the main one, you know, lobbying for this guy to join the team. Um, course, who, who knows what coach Tom decides, you know, afterward, um, the, the head coach, the general manager and the president of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, um, you, who knows what he decides to do with that situation. He probably is reaching out to him as well. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, obviously this is a interesting situation, but another one in the story for Antonio Brown. I mean, everything you said is correct. Uh, like I stated on my personal page on, on Facebook, a lot of people keep asking me, um, you know, is this it for AB? And I've stated when I, when I stated it on Sunday when it first happened, I told everybody, just wait. I mean, because I know it sounds crazy, but I don't think that's his last game in the NFL. I, I know I've seen a lot of talking heads on sports shows the last couple of days saying that's it for Antonio Brown. That's his, that's his last game as a – member of the NFL, but there are the reports saying that there are NFL teams, I'm sorry, there are NFL playoff teams already reaching out to see if maybe they can trade for him. So as we can see so far, his talent is still wanted in the NFL. It's are the antics going to ever be bigger than his talent? We That is going to have to uh, be seen maybe a lot sooner than later because he's not a young guy. You know, he is you know, he is a little bit older. He isn't 24, he's 34. So the question is, is he's not going to be the number one guy on a playoff team, of course. I'm assuming there are some teams maybe like the Chiefs, the Cowboys, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe who knows, maybe the Chargers or the Colts. They probably feel like, hey, we need somebody that can fill in as a third seed. I'm sorry, as a third wide receiver that can help, uh, you know, open up the one and two guys because you can't double uh, everybody else. So I know we keep saying, or a lot of people saying, get him. The NFL doesn't need him. He's a disgrace, a waste. But like they talk about in the 15 games of him being a Buccaneer, 87 catches, over a thousand yards. And, and almost 10 touchdowns, I mean, that's still a productive wide receiver, even with the troubles that consistently still find him, you know, throughout his career, NFL teams are still giving him an opportunity-ish. Well, yeah, teams are still giving him an opportunity because the talent is there, and as long as the talent is there, uh, I think there are some teams that are willing to take the risk uh, and some teams maybe even have the arrogance of feeling like, well, it'll be, will be different. We, we've got the infrastructure, you know, to support him. We've got the, the coaching staff to appease him and uh, it'll be different with us. Uh, there are plenty of teams that are going to think that. And, you know, like I said, as long as talent is there, they're, they're going to want to take that, that chance, that opportunity and see, if they're able to harness that and um, use that in the route to a Super Bowl, as Tampa Bay was able to do uh, last year, so yeah, he's gonna have some interest there. I wouldn't be surprised, but I think that um, at the end of the day, it's gonna take a team 
that has the veteran leadership within the locker room. They have a well-established coach, someone that can handle um, those uh, situations, can handle the questions from the media, so on and so forth, and have the support within the organization that um, can, they can provide, you know, to help uh, help him do whatever he needs to do or um, get him whatever help he needs to get. Um, I think that's what, what you'll see if he does, in fact, get released by Tampa Bay. Um, it'll have to be one of those organizations. But I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to see first. I want him first to be released by Tampa Bay before I even talk about, you know, what are the options out there. So what you're saying, especially with a coach, you said with a, with a coach that actually knows what you're doing, unfortunately that means that eliminates the Dallas Cowboys is what you're saying. Mm, not necessarily because just, Jerry doesn't I'm, care about the coach. But that's that's my point. My point is, yeah, Jerry's on backup probably. But like Mike McCartney, he doesn't know how to how to handle, I would think, a guy like Jerry doesn't care about that either. I mean, they already got T.O. First of all, Mike McCartney was not the coach when T.O. was there. So don't even compare the two. Don't even compare the two wide receivers because they're not the same. Stop. I'm, I'm just Being saying, disrespectful. when it got to you. Lee also says Mac Jones would love a number one, but let's all remind everybody that Antonio Brown was a Patriot, and I honestly don't think that reunion would happen anytime soon-ish. No. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happen. All right. Let's go ahead and segue into what we saw last night. Antonio Brown's former teammate, Big Ben, playing his last game in Hinesfield. Uh, in Pittsburgh, of course, if y'all tuned in last night, we talked about the first half with the Browns versus the Steelers on Monday Night Football. It was definitely a dud in the first half. Second half had a little bit more fireworks, but if you stayed for the rest of the game, you saw, of course, the waterworks that had everybody tearing up. Big Ben leaving the field with his family and saying his goodbyes to everybody for the last time in Heinz Field. No matter how you feel about Big Ben, there are definitely some mixed reviews. No matter if you're a fan or even a, a hater or just, you know, a general sports fan. My question to you is, how will you remember Big Ben on the football field? I mean, um, a good quarterback. I think that um he was great for the organization uh a staple for pittsburgh he was what they needed at the time when the, um, when he got there uh he was able to deliver a championship to pittsburgh uh i think his legacy will always be tied to uh, mike tomlin and i think he will always be compared uh with eli and um, philip sure. rivers because mm-hmm. uh, they came out in the same draft class they were obviously the top three quarterbacks in that draft class and uh luckily for big ben uh he's gonna be remembered as the second best quarterback out of the out of that draft class uh some people may argue and say that he was better than eli Mm, it'll be hard to it'll be hard to to have that argument when eli's got multiple um multiple championships he's got a couple more situations and, uh, and big I mean, ben got, Big Ben got multiple too. Big, big Ben, yeah, Big Ben's got got his big, multiple. Big Ben, Big Ben hasn't had a losing season in his career. He hasn't had a losing season. That's another thing. I'm just, I'm mean, just saying there, there, it's, it's, some, it's, he's it's, got, it's he's uh, got, you can have a conversation. He's got, he's got, he's got just, at the end there. of the day, let's be real. When it comes to Eli, 
We talk about Eli very highly because of his last name. I love Eli. Eli, my dude. But if it wasn't for that last name, if it wasn't for that last name, let's be real. He wasn't that special to me. He was the main reason why, again, we talk highly about Eli is because of his last name and also because he beat Brady not once but twice in the Super Bowl. That's really what it comes down to. Respect Eli, but I definitely agree with you when it comes to yeah, either first or second in that class, depending on how you look at it, depending on who you are as a fan base, depending on where you want to put them. I'm, I'm not mad at the switcheroo. Um, ish, anything else? I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, yeah, I just think that he's going to have that. I, I do think that, you know, I, I'm actually surprised. The, the, the one black mark that he has in his career, which wasn't even anything on the field, uh, I, I don't really hear as many people, you know, bringing that up or holding that against him as much um i did see a couple of memes out there so it depends um, it depends on what circles you run in this because <laughs> i mean I, I i i'll be honest with you ish from everybody that i've seen talk about roethlisberger they they definitely add in what you're speaking of of course that's the off the field incidents with not one with not one rape case but also a second you know sexual assault type of case that happened with big ben where both were settled outside of court one was civil and one one of the cases was dismissed uh, the lady dropped the charges and like what ish is saying Ish probably feels like you know if we're going to talk about big ben we have to talk about you know what happened as well off the field uh but i have to disagree with you Ish. that everybody from what i've seen social media on tv you know even on newspaper they probably said the same thing it's like man big ben had a hell of a career this down the third da, da, da. but and everybody's going to remember that you know but just like we ex- we excuse Kobe, we've excused other people for doing what they do off the field. We also remember why they are remembered is because what they have done on said playing field or whatever sport that they played. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's similar to the. Uh, I think it's very similar to the Kobe Bryant situation in where. Um, it's hard to really say what happened in that situation. Uh, a lot of people speculate what happened. We don't know. There was no confirmation ever in the situation. Nobody said we don't know. Um, and Kobe was good and he was great enough that you know his uh, accolades on the court kind of overshadowed that when when it came down to it. Now, like you said, there are groups that still. Um, I think would say that that's their main sticking point with said player. I think Big Ben will be the same way. There'll be a lot of people that will look at his accolades on the field and not allow his off-the-field situations to overshadow that, and he'll be talked about as a great. Uh, he'll go into the Hall of Fame. He'll be a Steeler great for uh, forever and ever. Um, but there will always be those groups that will hold that off-the-field incident against him, those incidents against him, and um, it'll always come up with him. So uh, it'll be one of those things where it just depends on where you fall in those groups of how you look at this player and his career and the memory of him. But uh, definitely I feel like in Pittsburgh he's going to be, you know, get a statue. He's going to be the player to remember. Oh, really? Do you sell a statue and all that good stuff? Really? Well, I, I mean, I think he mean I think he means a lot to the team. Maybe they'll give uh, Mike Tomlin and Big Ben statues together. Okay. Uh, I mean, second most wins um, uh, throughout that era behind Belichick and Brady, tied with Drew Brees and Sean Payton. I mean, you, I mean, it, 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 I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong at all. Um, both of them, of course, 
the duo they never lost, never had a losing season. Um, so I mean, I, I'm not mad at what you said. I'm just I I wouldn't expect them to do something like that, but I wouldn't be surprised if they was to do something like that. Uh, I'll just say my two cents right quick, when we can move on. Um, my early memories of Big Ben is when I've watched him play at Miami of Ohio. I was a young buck, 13 years old, watching him play at Miami of Ohio during the max season, one of my favorite times to watch college football on Wednesdays and Thursdays nights. And I just remember him playing, and I just remember him being bigger than everybody else, and people just just couldn't tackle him, right? And he can and he could slay that thing at the time like he was slanging it at a young age. And I just always remembered him being just a great fit for Pittsburgh and everything that they are about, the culture and just being tough. And he reminds me of Mac Jones when it comes to this quarterback might not be able to throw for, uh, you know, throw the ball from one goal line to the other goal line, might not be able to run a uh, 4-2, might not be able to do A, B, and C, but he's accurate. He makes great decisions. It's hard to bring him down, and when it's when it's time when it's when it's game on the line, he shows up majority of times than not. And I think with Big Ben, that's what was able to make him a leader early in Pittsburgh as a young guy. Because when he was there, he was taking the torch from Big Ben in that 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 last cat that last group of Steelers greats that were there. He was taking that that torch from them and was carrying it along with Mike Tomlin and they have what they have here with Pittsburgh. But to see him win two Super Bowls within a five year span, that definitely helps uh Pittsburgh Nation, you know, believe in you more than more than you think that they should. But I will say the only the only downside I do have with what I see with the, the the combo of Mike Tomlin and Big Ben is just after winning those two Super Bowls in five years, even though and again even though they had they didn't have a losing season, it just seemed like like last year you went eleven and zero, losing the first round against the Browns. You know you, you have this season right now where you're eight seven and one and you're kind of making your pot you're kind of teetering on the playoffs, but we all kind of know you're not gonna make the playoffs, but it just seems like towards the end, it didn't unfortunately become that storybook moment that Big Ben wanted to have like a Peyton Manning moment or even maybe a Tom Brady, depends on how he ends his career. But at the end of the day, what Big Ben was able to do, not just in his NFL career, but also for the city of Pittsburgh, he definitely will be remembered. And I also, again, to end it on this, for him to win his Super Bowls during the era of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, I mean, he he definitely able to get it when he could because if it honestly he like Phillip Rivers we talked about Phillip Rivers ain't the one, you know, there's quarterbacks out there that wasn't able to get one because in the AFC it was just so tough to get through Brady or or Manning, Flacco got him one, um, but you know other than that it was Big Ben, it was Big Ben Brady, Big Ben Brady and Manning holding that AFC throne. All right, ish. I do want to talk about one more game before we. Uh, I want to bring up something right quick for the fans and also for us. But I do want to talk about one more game, and honestly, it's not even about the game. It's about what happened after the game, ish. And I'm pretty sure everybody saw. And if you didn't see, I need y'all to check out this viral clip 
of Jalen Hurts walking to the locker room after the game was over with. And as he walks to the to the locker room, he's wanting to greet the fans from a and as he reaches his hand out, the fans reach out, reach out towards him, and the fans fall over the barricade with the barricade, of course, still attached, and they both fall on top of each other. And while the fans fall on top of each other, you have fans falling on the cameraman. You have, you also have the the chaos of when the fans, or the shock, I should say, after the fans fell, they didn't care about health and safety. They were trying to get a selfie with Jalen Hurts. After they fell, a lot of people just ran straight up to Jalen Hurts, got their selfie. But after all of that craziness happened, Jalen Hurts actually wrote a letter today to the Washington football team organization to let them know that, hey, this was a messed up situation. And I don't know if y'all noticing that, but maybe y'all need to do something, uh, you know, besides have a weak ass still barricade on that side, maybe have some, you know, concrete or something like that on that side to protect not just. Uh, players, but also fans from themselves. So, Ish, I know you saw the video. Please give me your two cents on what you saw. Yeah, it was a crazy situation. Uh, Could have ended a lot worse. Um, you know, we thank God that it wasn't that. It didn't end up uh, with anyone seriously injured. But uh, let's be honest, man. The team in Washington, the Washington football team. The Washington can't get rights. They need to stop being worried about names and logos and fix their stadium. That stadium needs some serious repairs. Uh, that was embarrassing. That was uh, terrible. Um, I mean, they should be ashamed of of that video circulating and that happening. Uh, something should be done immediately. Uh, fans shouldn't be put in a situation like that, um, an environment like that that is unsafe. You know that you're going to have that sort of situation. Anybody who's been to any sporting event and like sat around the tunnel or been around the tunnel, it's a common occurrence. It's a common occurrence for fans to group up there, try to get autographs, get handshakes, high fives, whatever. And for you to have a situation where you have this flimsy guardrail um, and have it fall over almost on the starting quarterback for the team, the visiting team, it's just, it is embarrassing. That's that's not even just embarrassing for the Washington football team. It's embarrassing for the league. Um, oh, yeah. if, if I'm the league, I'm definitely stepping in, and uh, we're going to have to do some inspections of that stadium and automatically request upgrades. But – We'll have to wait and see. I doubt anything's going to happen because everybody's scared of Dan Snyder over there. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, but I will say this. This isn't the first time that the Washington football team has had stadium problems just this season. Earlier in the season, uh, they had they had sewage running down from the second-level concourse dripping down to the first level. So just imagine you're at a game and all of a sudden you see some something dripping and it's, it's sewage water due to whatever was malfunctioning in, in the stadium. And that's just that's going to mess up anybody's fan experience going to that type of game. But um, for the Washington football team, I mean, let's be real, Ish. To have a industry like the NFL make billions of dollars and owners, I'm sorry, to, and teams to be worth billions of dollars for you not to be able to fix something that costs what maybe less than ten thousand, if that five thousand dollars, 
that's first of all, if I was a fan that fell, I'd have been like Ezekiel on Friday, my neck, my back, my neck and my back. I would not get up. I would make sure that ish you you would have been you would have watched me, you'd have videotaped everything for me, because you will see my lawyer and I will get every penny I can possibly get from that because it's no way any NFL team from the West Coast to the East Coast should that happen to, period. Like I don't I'm not understanding the the, there should be rebuttal. There should be no oh well, oops, well, our bad guys. There should be there should be just straight. We messed up. We about to get it fixed, and it, and it should look better either next week or I'm sorry, I don't know, I don't I gotta look and see if they have a home game. Let me see. I hope they don't have a home game because uh yeah that, that was the last home game for the season. So hopefully they have a whole damn season, a whole damn off season to get it fixed. Uh, but honestly, knowing the watch football team, it won't happen. Travis Crow also says reason why Dallas. Brought their own benches. I might have to agree with you on. Yeah, benches were liable to fall uh, apart. Either either that or probably somebody would have got splinters. Probably got staff. Probably would have got something from sitting on their bench. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm not. I I know everybody might have joked around Cowboys did it at first, but uh, looking back on it, uh, he who lasts first lasts last last last. All righty then. With that being said. Get into the playoff standings at the moment in the AFC. The newly number one seed, the Tennessee Titans, number two. The Kansas City Chiefs, number three. The Cincinnati Bengals, number four. The Buffalo Bills, number five. The Patriots, number six. The Indianapolis Colts, number seven. The LA Chargers. Now, like we stated before, these are the playoff standings as of now. Things can change. Seedings can change after week 18. We will have to wait and see next week. But for the most part, if teams take care of their business going from the Titans, excuse me, Titans, Chiefs, Bengals, Bills, I don't see those top four really changing. Um, Patriots, Colts, and Chargers. Again, Patriots and Colts should stay. It's just really up to the Chargers. Um, I mean, and they play, let me see, they play. Oh yeah, they played Raiders. Raiders. Played Raiders, yes, and that's that Sunday, yeah, Sunday night game. That's they to they get got flexed, yeah, yeah. So they they sh- again they win they're winning their end right they're winning the end the, the Raiders I think they they got to win and then also get help if I'm not mistaken, but the Chargers I, I think that they should take care of the Raiders unless the Raiders finally now woken up, uh, no pun intended to their their cornerback that got in trouble for another for another DUI it seems like. Again with the Raiders, it seems like what can go wrong, uh, what can't, what can go wrong, will go wrong for them. Uh, but overall, I will say respect to the Raiders for still staying, sticking together as a team, and, and being able to fight no matter what's going on uh, outside of the football field. Ish, you have anything uh, to say about this AFC playoff standings at the moment? No, I'm just interested to see the Raiders Chargers game. That's going to be a big game. This is. Uh... It's gonna be a. I think it's gonna be a, a defining moment for Justin Herbert and where he stands. Okay. Um, in the mindset of uh, you know, being that guy for the Chargers that's gonna lead them to the promised land. So, uh, definitely looking out for that. I don't think many people are expecting too much from the Raiders. So, if Derek Carr and the Raiders are able to pull it off, um, I think that'll be a pretty big upset, and it'll be interesting to see. You know, I wouldn't mind the Raiders beating the Chargers because that'd be a nice matchup for the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. I definitely understand. I will say as well, um, when it comes to the Raiders and 
the Chargers, it just seems like, unfortunately, for the Raiders, they kind of put themselves in the situation. They, I think they easily could have been a six or a seven seed if they would have taken care of business uh, early in the season. Uh, you know, it is what it is. But, hey, this is where we're at now, heading into week 18. And on the NFC side, number one, the Green Bay Packers, and number two, the L.A. Rams, number three, Ten Bay Buccaneers, number four, the Dallas Cowboys, number five, the Arizona Cardinals, number six, San Francisco 49ers, number seven, the Philadelphia Eagles again at the moment, depending on what happens at week 18. Maybe the New Orleans Saints can sneak in there and take a playoff spot from the Eagles. I highly doubt it. No, oh, sorry, not for the Eagles, uh, for Eagles 49ers. Clinched. Yeah. For the 49ers, I apologize. I highly doubt it, but we shall see. Yes, like it said, the Eagles did clinch. Um, but for the 49ers, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm about to segue into another topic. Uh, but for the 49ers-ish, this, I think, is one of those teams that we kind of looked at them last year thinking that maybe they could make a run in the playoffs even though they have injuries. But even though they kind of repeated what they did last season, this season, they're they're they gotten healthy they got healthy at the right time, and they're playing football a lot better at the right times to where can the 49ers be a team that can maybe upset one of these NFC powerhouses that we don't expect? If the playoffs start right now, they would play Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the first round. Could you see them maybe pulling off the upset against Tampa Bay-ish? Um, no. No, not 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 in the current situation with uh, Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and not really knowing. Uh, we're kind of back to the beginning of the season where we don't really know what's happening at the quarterback position. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't appear to be healthy, which is, is why he's not starting at the moment. Uh, even if he comes back, is he 100%? Is he you know able to play well even before he got hurt? Uh, in that game, he was kind of hit or miss, so-so. So, I mean, I while I really, really like what Kyle Shanahan is able to do with the San Francisco 49ers and getting that team ready to play week in and week out, I just don't think that they have enough clarity, um, mainly at the quarterback position, to be able to make one of these upsets that um, – could get the ball rolling for them. Now, if they're able to I would I will say this. If they're able to upset if they're able to make the playoffs and upset whoever they play in the first round, mm-hmm. the ball could get rolling. Okay. They're they are the kind of team that if that first domino falls, they could definitely, you know, make a couple of things happen. But I just don't know if they'll be able to get the ball rolling. Not to mention, let's just say this. They play the Rams. <laughs> I know it's winning they get in, but they play the Rams. This is not an easy game to just say, like, oh, yeah, they're just going to go and walk in there and win this game, right? Like, they are playing the Rams, who do have some motivation to try to win this game. They they did lose their first matchup, so I'm assuming the Rams will not want to get swept. So I so, agree with you. I mean, it, it's not – this isn't just a, a walk in the park. This is going to be a hard fought. Like, you're what, gonna you're basically playing the playoff game this week. What also could happen, let's just say 49ers beat the Rams. Rams drop to number three. It's 49ers state of six, and guess what? You're playing them right back again 
right back in L.A. for the third time. And if anything, the pressure, I know it sounds crazy, it's not going to be on the Rams. I think the pressure will be back on the 49ers because it is hard to be the team three times a row. I mean, three times in a season. So that's going to be something we have to look out for. I know on the AFC side, the, the uh, Bills and the Patriots could see each other for a third time in the playoffs. Chiefs It'd be interesting. Chiefs and Chargers, yes. So it'd be interesting to see how these matchups break down, and and that's why I think Week 18 is very is going to be a very exciting week going into it because you just you don't know how these playoffs, you know, these seedings are going to you know go down, and 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 whatever happens, I think is going to be great, you know, overall for seeding Wild Card Weekend and all that good stuff. All right, so. Let me go ahead and clear this off right quick for everybody. This week 17 recap. All right. So before the show started, I went ahead and went into some of our older displays and pictures of, um, you know, the, the the pictures that I put up here. Make sure y'all see our graphics and all this stuff. And if y'all checked out, of course, our uh, pre-season show where we let everyone know who would win the division, who would be in the AFC Championship game, the NFC Championship game, and all Super Bowl, we, of course, made our – predictions before the season started and i just want to bring them up for everybody and also for ish so we can so we can talk about it amongst each other and see what we got right what we got wrong and and see if some of our teams are still alive and see if some of our teams are still hanging on by just a thread so right now let's go ahead and start off with the afc and the conferences uh with afc north south east and west at the moment all uh, both of us are three and four we got the titans right the bills if the Bills, as if that's if the Bills win, because if the Bills lose, then the pay and the Patriots win. They actually, they actually win the division. So that one is still not a lock just yet. But Kansas City Chiefs are a lock in the AFC West. Of course, the one we got wrong, the, the AFC North. And as I stated uh, on on our show on uh, on Monday, I mean on uh, on Sunday, nobody expected the the Bengals to win the division. And if you did, you should have went to Vegas and put some money down on it because you missed out on a nice little payday. And Ish, what'd you say? I said I learned my lesson in trusting the Browns again. Yeah, I think we all did. I think we all did. It'd be interesting for them to see what they have going on in the offseason. Reports are already stating that Baker Mayfield might not be returning. So, you know, a lot of people thought he would be able to, to stay one more year and play his last year out. But there are some ports saying that he might not be there next season. All right. Let's go to the NFC side. NFC North, we picked the Packers. NFC South, we picked Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, this is where things get funny. NFC East, I was the one that drank the Kool-Aid, I will admit to myself. <laughs> and, um, and and maybe even drank that stank-ass sewage water that came down from that stadium. Yep. I picked the Washington football team to win the division even though the Cowboys have that one on lock. And, of course, the NFC West. Looks like the Rams were able to steady the ship, even though it looks like the Cardinals were the ones that were going to win that division-ish. What does that say more? And to say more on the way that the Cardinals had it and lost it or the way that the Rams battled throughout the rest, throughout the whole season where we expect, like, let's be real, before the season started, a lot of people were already penciled them into the Super Bowl because they got Matt Stafford and, and also the additions that they made throughout the regular season, right? But... Throughout the season, it would be flashes of yeah, that's that's what the that's what the team's supposed to look like, and then flashes of like, damn, are you sure? Like you got all this talent, y'all look like that. So, ish for the L.A. Rams, do you see them as a team that that 
with the ups and downs that they had, it actually, I think, made. Do you think it made them better as a team, or do you do you still have some concerns for them going into the postseason? I mean, there's still some concerns, obviously, because they've been so inconsistent uh, leading up to this point. But you still have to view them as a threat. On paper, they still have everything that they need in order to make a run to the Super Bowl. It's just going to be, are they able to be consistent? Even with the, uh, what is that, five-game win streak closing out the season, uh, if they beat the 49ers, that would be a six-game win streak closing out the season. Even with that six-game win streak, there have been points within that win streak where you've kind of seen uh, some holes, some cracks uh, that could be exploited in the playoffs. So I do think that they, while if it weren't for Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, I think a lot of people would look at them as maybe the team to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, even with Tom Brady uh, in Tampa, there's a lot of things going on in Tampa at the moment that I think people will say, ah, they're not the team to beat. Um, but Green Bay at the moment is the team to beat in the NFC. And then you've got the Rams, Tampa, and I would even say the Cowboys, but with the latest news of Michael Gallup, I think people want to see what, what what does that offense look like now that you're missing that guy. Um, so that that's a big blow um, to their chances. I think the Rams, for me, it depends on where they play. If Green Bay wraps up uh, the number one seed, I don't know that the Rams go into Green Bay and win that game. I'm just, I just don't know. Uh, I know that they've played in Green Bay earlier in the season. And they lost 36 to 28. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a lot closer, but I still don't think they'd be able to pull it out. I gotcha. I gotcha. Love your analysis and uh, be interested to see what happens. I mean, at the moment, I, I really think NFC Championship is either between Green Bay and Tampa or Green Bay and. And the Rams, I mean, it's just the way that Green Bay is looking right now. And they're getting Randall Cobb back, Zadarius Smith, um, and um, and uh, a couple more more pieces as well that, that are definitely going to be needed to make a run. So, hey, it's the, I think it's the Packers, honestly, the opportunity to lose right now. All right, AFC Championship game predictions that we had for myself at Kansas City and Tennessee, which – Looks looks really manageable right now. Could be, ish. Has Kansas City uh, and the Browns, but no, what I, ish? No, what ish is saying? <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, what ish is saying is that he's changing his pick from the Browns to the Bengals because he feels like since the Bengals won the division, they are allowed to represent the Browns, even though that's not what yeah. happened. That's, but, uh, that's how that's how it works. That's how it works. Okay. That's, that's the, the Bengals. The Bengals helmet just replaced the Bengals helmet oh, okay. with the. Um, with the Browns one, and there you go. I was okay. right all along. Okay. All right. We'll go ahead. We'll go that route. We'll go that route. All right. NFC Championship game. Hey, like I stated earlier in the season, I said Rams and Tampa Bay. I just felt like with the added additions with LA and, and Tampa, I just felt like Tampa would be back. It's still up there. Possibility could happen. And even though Isha's pick might look crazy. I actually like Isha's pick. It could still happen. I, again, depending on what happens 
with the 49ers. It also depends on if the 49ers match up with Tim Bay in the first round. If that happens, then of course this ain't gonna happen. But uh, if depending on seating, again, what happens with next week depending on seating. Maybe 49ers could play Tampa in in NFC Championship game, and we'll go. We'll, we'll see what happens. But ish, do you do you have any regrets with the NFC? championship matchup no, not at all i knew i was going out on a limb you um, did. in the did. preseason pick uh and you know a lot of things happened this season for the 49ers to put them in the situation that they're in so i wouldn't be disappointed at all um you couldn't for, you couldn't foresee some of the situations that they ended up with the running back situation mainly um but hey it can still happen it's still a possibility i'm i'm a hold out hope I look like a genius, and if it does happen, I'm gonna be really mad that I didn't go and we, to Vegas. And, and go say, and we, hey, we had everything on tape. At least you had everything on tape to show that, hey, you 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 documented everything down. Other than that, yeah, you're gonna take your L from Vegas, though. I will say that. And also, Super Bowl predictions for Super Bowl 56. At the moment, again, mine look pretty nice. I'm just saying, mine look nice. We we up there, Tennessee versus Tampa Bay. Depends on what Tampa Bay look like. And also, Ish has Kansas City and 49ers. Not mad. Not bad at that at all. But we shall wait and see what happens with those predictions as well with the 2021 Pick'ems. At the moment, X is up 153, 88-1. Ish has 147, 94-1. So, um, Pick'ems at the moment. I do have a six-game lead with... One week left. I think I'm going to take that title, but that's here nor there. Not worried about that title. What everybody should be worried about is the fantasy football title that we have for X Talking Ish. And let's go ahead and give a big shout out to our boy Joseph Perez if he is tuning in. AKA uh, Smokey Joe. AKA Smokey Joe if he is tuning in. Shout out to him if he is not. Joe, you better tune in because we let you know that we shouting you out. Uh, but on a serious note, we appreciate uh, JP and everybody else for joining our Dynasty League. Um, of course, we will have the same group of guys join us next year, and it'll be very interesting to see who will be first and who will be last. But um, Maybe we'll do a draft special. We could, we could. But uh, definitely shout-out to Joseph Perez for, for uh, taking year one the crown in our Dynasty League. Um, as well, before we get up out of here-ish, I just want to remind everybody as well, uh, we will, I will be on location next week. Um, this weekend. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is this weekend. My apologies. I'm getting, I'm getting old-ish. My bad. Uh, I'll be on location this week in Fort Worth for our College Gridiron Showcase, meaning that on Sunday, we most likely will not be able to have our pregame show but we might be able to do it on arts on a saturday and if we do that we will let y'all know because just due to scheduling conflicts we might not be able to have the pregame show we definitely will have the postgame show that will still go down on tuesday because there will be no monday night football game so we will not have monday night football uh recap during halftime show but uh if we do not have the pregame show postgame show will be on tuesday you don't have to worry about that with of course our, our friends, our friends that made predictions before the season started. We will be joined by some of our friends that made predictions. Yeah, Either man. they were right or they were wrong, but we will re- we will recover. Re- I'm sorry. We will recap hey, those let, those picks. And uh, what's up? Let me just say this. But my man, my man Maurice. Oh, 
one win he's one win away from what will be a crazy crazy here he go pick if he's able to get that pick man that will be absolutely nuts but hey we're gonna have to wait and see yeah you dreaming but anyways also, also really that is you know what's interesting about that one was interesting whoever wins that game gets their pick right oh yeah no you're correct no you're 100 correct i've already i've already saw it right. i i mean i look i'm gonna i'm a double down i'm a triple down i'm a quadruple down tights win the game on sunday we're not even gonna play that I'm not even gonna act like, oh, the Texans are gonna help. No, we're not doing that. Okay, Ty's gonna win the game. Ty's gonna go 12 and five. Look who predicted that, yeah, boy. Not because I'm a homer, just because I know what I'm talking about. But I'm not gonna say it here. We're just gonna let, we're gonna let the the action do the talking. Oh, I'm not uh, even gonna sit here also, and say anything. But also, it's, Chad, Chad, if, if the Saints with the Saints, lose, yes, Chad I saw that as well. And Saints lose, I saw that as well. Yes, yes, Chad so, is up uh, there. He could have his prediction correct. But uh, the Chiefs, like my Chiefs fans, looks like they were you know a little little overhyped mm, this season. But it's all good. Uh, looks like the Lions. The Lions are right there. Uh, not yeah, really. Right they have they have well, the tie. They have they the tie, have so that messes so it up. But it kind of it you up, know, right? but but overall, yeah. why, oh oh, why, speaking of Washington football team. Yeah, Dooley, Dooley gonna have to come on the show too. Uh, Trust me, I've already reached out to him. He he I, he's trying to avoid me right now because he yeah. knows that his football season is over with. It's been mm-hmm. over with, and for him to get on the, come on the show and for him to his mouth to spew twelve and five, I think he should be fined alone. Just saying twelve. I, and I don't. Five I don't. Time. You know, I, I have no problems with that. So, all righty then. Like I said, we will be on location this upcoming weekend to showcase the College Gridiron, uh, showcase with athletes that are ranging from high school to college, trying to either get college uh, scholarships or also making it to the pros in the NFL. So it'll be very interesting, and definitely we appreciate uh, Fort Worth for inviting us and being a part of that. With that being said, we appreciate everybody again for tuning in to X-Talking-ish. We'll keep you updated if we have our pregame show. If we do not, we will see you out on Tuesday for our postgame show, Week 18, Season Recap. That's what it is, Season Recap, uh, Week 18, and also-ish. Hey, it's playoff time. Playoff time, baby. Strap up the trend strap. It's time for some hard hits. All righty then. With that being said.